Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. Well, there's a lot of exciting things to, to touch base on, to talk about, uh, to, to recap, but um, as amazing of a camp week as it was, and to me it was my favorite one ever, I'm telling you, Friday late morning, when we got the news that every baby's going to live in Texas from inception, Jesus, Jesus, saving babies at inception, come on, hey, it's good news, we stand for life, we stand for life, Jesus creates every life in the history of the world from, the, from Adam until the last one is, is created by God. And in Texas, they're going to live. Yeah. And so we're going to keep contending for more. I am excited, but I am not satisfied. Okay, I'm satisfied, but I'm not satisfied, right? We're going to contend for more. We want life from inception in New York City too. So we're going to keep crying out to our God to save babies. And then we're going to go around the world. Dublin's not going to abort babies anymore. That's my desire. So we're going to keep, not, they're not the only one, but we're going to keep contending for life from inception because God loves life. He thinks up every boy, every girl from, the, from before he creates them, he thinks them up. And then his desire is, I want to save them because I want to expand my family. And we're going to be talking about that today. God's justice and God's mercy, it's all about expanding his family. Before we get to that, you know, we have a blast at camp. If you don't know, uh, there's a few roles I get to be. I get to be Captain Snowcone. I sweated all day. Uh, I get to be a pirate. Um, My job most of the time is as the principal, so I only typically see them when they have something they go to the principal for. and uh, we had one young man, he was there, and I think it was maybe his fourth visit of the week. Uh, it was early on. By the way, I saw him like twice a day for the first three days. He didn't come back Thursday and Friday. Not to me. Came to camp. That's how good he did. But one day I was like, hey, you, you can't yell at your leaders. And he's like, looking at me like, like I'm dumb. And he's like, I didn't. My brain did. And I was like, I'm going to use that officer. I wasn't speeding. My foot was. So... He taught me something. See, even principals learn. My favorite line from Bible class, Stennis was teaching, and he's teaching on, you know, what it means to be a prophet. What's a prophet? And kid in the back is like, that's how you make money. So, and our treasurer, which is Stennis, was like, amen, come on. Uh, that's good. Uh, and, you know, one, one of the things, uh, I always have my, my two rules uh, when they come to the principal. And after a while, when you see somebody two or three times a day, by Thursday, they kind of become the principal's assistant, kind of like the chaplain assistant in prison. Uh, and I'd just be like, a new kid would come, and I'd be like, what's my two rules? And one turns around, and he's like, oh, honesty and ownership. And ownership means you take responsibility. <laughs> so they learn things. They learn. And then he goes, and if you're going to just start talking, he's not going to listen until you stop talking and take ownership. I'm like, that's my boy right there. <laughs> now, can you apply it to your own life? Okay. But I got to learn the fine art of justice and mercy, which is hard for a human to do, right? It's hard. We, first of all, we're, we're not capable of being perfect at it. Secondly, we tend to operate on a scale of, of like a 100% thing. So it's like, I got to give this much percentage and then that much percentage. That's why I love our God. 
He is 100% just and 100% merciful 100% of the time. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Just for a real quick definition, justice is getting what you deserve. We probably all get that. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. And here's God, and he's fully just and fully merciful at the same time. And it sounds like a conflict. It sounds like a battle. By the way, I forgot. <laughs> all my baptism people, I need you to head out that door there. Davey, will you stand up and show them if they haven't gone out yet? Sorry, Kevin. So Kevin, right there, youth pastor, he's going to lead all the baptism people. You're going to all go get changed and ready, and then you'll come back in for our baptisms at the end. And if you haven't signed up for baptism and you want to sign up for baptism, just head out that door and talk to Kevin or Martin Riley or Jordan, and they will work with you there. So if you aren't on the list, you're on the list. So go on out, and you'll come back in in a moment. So we have this God who who is perfectly merciful and just all the time. And how does God give me what I deserve and then, and then remove from me what I deserve at the same time? How does he do that? It's, it's a hard one for us to take because we're so human and it's understandable. He's fully just, fully merciful. And it's because he is mercy and he is justice. That's the, the cool thing about the attributes of Jesus in this series that we're in. It's not things he does. It's things he is. I can be merciful and I can be just. It's not in my nature as a human being. I, I receive that nature from God. But for Jesus, it's not something he does. He doesn't do mercy. He is mercy. He doesn't do justice. He is justice. And a lot of us, we think in that 100% equation there, and we, we often, as we come to know Jesus, we say things like, well, I'm so glad he's more merciful than he is just, because that would be scary, but the reality is this, he is 100% merciful, and he's 100% just, he doesn't have to have a, a, an equation to go, you know, he's 75% here and 25% there, making it 100, he is perfect at it, and it also makes us think when we, when we take something like justice and mercy, it makes us think that that they're at war with each other in, in a way, or, or maybe it's grace and truth. A lot of times they're like, you know, you, are you a grace guy or a truth guy? Yes, uh, I am, because my Jesus is. Yeah. Grace doesn't mean the absence of truth, because grace is his nature. Truth doesn't mean the absence of grace, and it's this hard thing we pound people with. He's gracious, and he's truthful all the time. We get 100% of God every single day across the planet, all the days of our lives. Because we have to remember the first, the first sermon we did in this series, he's good. He's always good. He can only ever do good. And I get we walk through things. People get sick. People die. People struggle in their marriages. Uh, kids are hard. Parents are hard. Whatever is hard. The world's hard. I get that. But... God's always good. He can only do good, and the only gifts he can give are good gifts because it's who he is. And it's important that we understand this. Even though we might struggle with the mercy and the, and the justice or the goodness of God, it's, it's important that we, we work to understand it and, and at the same time know that we're going to struggle with it over time. But it's okay. He likes perfecting you. He loves perfecting you. He enjoys perfecting you. You don't bother him. 
I don't bother him. I figured for most of my life, up until 35, that I was a bother. I was never a bother. He pursued me, and he loved me, and he was glad he made me. And then he was so, so glad that he saved me. But we need to come back to this 100% attribute of God thing, of Jesus thing, all the time. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, the journey of a Christian is more being reminded of God than learning new things about God. We constantly have to be reminded. We see that all through the Old Testament. And then when you read the New Testament, a lot of times you'll be reading it and be like, I think I've read that before, probably 17 times. Because we need to be reminded of the things of God. We're very rarely going to have these aha moments where it's like, oh, I figured out something about Jesus that no one on the planet ever has figured out. You're not going to do that, I would imagine. We just get reminded more and more all the time of the nature of God, the love of Jesus, the goodness of our Trinity God. So our goal today is that, that we would learn to obsess over God's merciful and just heart and his desire to save everyone. That we would obsess over that. Wow, you really wanted to save me and you did and I love that. And now I know you want to save everyone. And so I'm going to obsess over your mercy and your justice and tell people about how amazing you are, God. So we only have three points today and then one application. First one is God is 100% merciful. God is 100% merciful. Psalm 136 it's a, it's, you might not know where it comes from until today, but you probably heard it. It's the passage. It's got 26 verses. The second half of every verse says, because his mercy endures forever. You might be reading a version that says, you know, his unfailing love endures forever. His mercy endures forever. The one I'm reading from says, because his mercy endures forever. The people would, would shout about God's goodness or his rescue or his care or his protection, and then they would end each sentence with, because his mercy endures forever. They kept saying it over and over again, because he is mercy. And so we have to remind ourselves, God is mercy. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. He brought Israel out. He brought you out of whatever you were bound by. He leads us. He, he guides us through. He defeats our enemies for us. Why did God give you a second chance? Why does God give you a tenth opportunity at doing things right? Why would God ever give this backslidden, mean-spirited, critical, finger-pointing heathen who threw it all away and still pointed the finger and blamed him for his sorry heart, I said those things, for all of my pain and my loss and my troubles, I blamed him. Why would he give me a 50th chance? Because his mercy endures forever. Why would God give... My grandfather, who was 86 years old and lived for himself his whole life, could care less about most people, certainly could care less about God. Why would he save him two hours before his death at Brook Army Medical Center in San Antonio 
and give him an eternity with Jesus with all the rewards that people like Moses and Billy Graham and all these people get without the hint of any punishment or consequence because his mercy endures forever. His faithful love has no end. It says here, he remembered us when we were humiliated. He snatched us from the hold of our enemies. He gives us everything that's good and life-bringing and whole. Why would God do that? Why would God care that much? Because his mercy endures forever and you can't stop him. It's his nature. Jesus came here as a part of God's plan for justice and mercy to redeem all of mankind. Not pick and choose. Not pick and choose. Some of you may have grown up in a, in a setting or you had teaching in a setting where it says, oh, he elects certain ones or he chooses certain ones. He chooses everyone. Yeah. We have to say yes to the choice. He chooses mercy upon everyone, grace upon everyone, salvation upon everyone. And the only decision we have for eternity is to say yes. yes. He does elect you just like he elects every other person in the history of the planet to know him. But we have to choose. God never wanted anyone, has never wanted anyone, will never want anyone to be separated from him. For eternity. He wants no one to die without knowing him. He wants everyone. Why? Because he's a merciful God. Ezekiel 33 11, he's telling the, the prophet, not the money making prophet, the prophet prophet. He's telling the prophet, tell the people this. This is my love for them. They are acting crazy. They're going to the principal all the time. Right? <laughs> Tell them this, as I live, declares the almighty Lord Jesus, I don't want wicked people to die. You hear that? God himself says, I don't want wicked people to die. How many of you this past week, month, year, two years have been like, man, wicked people need to die. We struggle, but we're not God. He's perfectly merciful. He doesn't want wicked people to die. Rather, I want them to turn from their ways and live. Change the way you think and act. That's the definition of repentance. Turn from your wicked ways. Do you want to die, people of Israel? Because I don't want you to. God doesn't want anyone to die without knowing him. Never has. He wants everyone saved. So he takes time. He creates more people because he loves family. He wants to expand his family in heaven. He wants more sons and more daughters. That's why he creates them and then works to save them. And he's patient with us and he's patient for us. Yep. Patient people, always a huge blessing when it's you needing time, when it's you running late, when, when, when you're going really slow. It's nice to have patient people waiting on you. And it's, and a person that is blessed with the gift of patience, I mean, they could be patient all day long. God is the most patient of all. Peter tells us, 2 Peter 3, verse 9, the Lord isn't slow to do what he promised. In other words, coming back to, to save us all and, and, and start a new perfect heaven in eternity. He's not slow 
to do what he promised, as some people think. Rather, he's patient for your sake. He doesn't want to destroy anyone, but wants all people to have an opportunity to turn to him and change the way they think and act. Repentance. I love that heart to see everyone saved. I love that 600 plus years later, Peter wrote the same thing that God told Ezekiel to write, because our God never changes. He has always been for his people. He creates them, he loves to save them, and he wants them with him forever. That's why we have to get it in us as believers and then obsess over that heart for lost people just like Jesus. Jesus came here to earth to become one of us and save all of us. That was his goal. Now, the, the judges that we know in life, that we know of, or we know personally, or we hear about, they, they choose justice or mercy in that kind of 100% thing. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to give you, you, you could get 10 years, I'm going to give you seven, so I'll be merciful about three that the judges that we know of can't be perfectly merciful and just in, in the judgments they give. So oftentimes we assign that to God, but he can be perfectly merciful and perfectly just at the same time. Because of Jesus, because of love, because he's always good, because he's faithful and true and trustworthy, he can be 100% merciful and 100% just at the same time. His faithful and enduring mercy is so amazing, isn't it? That he removes from you and I the judgment we deserve. And oftentimes we think, whew, his mercy is so good to me, I'm glad I don't get his justice. But his justice is just as amazing as his mercy. He fully punished sin to end its wicked hold over mankind. He fully got rid of it. That's why God is 100% just at the same time that he's 100% merciful. He's just so he gives you what you deserve. Now, when I say God's going to give you what you deserve, how does that make you feel? Just say something. God's going to give you what you deserve. How does it make you feel? Some people are terrified, scared. Uh-oh. Honey, we better start putting in some good brownie points. Here's the thing. What you deserve, Christian, is heaven. What you deserve, follower of Jesus, is righteousness. What you deserve, believer in Jesus, is everything that Jesus has. You deserve it. And it's hard for us to take as humans because we hear that thing of, you're going to get what you deserve, and we think, "Uh uh-oh, and then when we hear, well, God's going to give every believer what they deserve, for whatever reason, we often jump to, "Uh uh-oh, but that's a good thing, 
His justice gives you what you deserve, and you deserve everything Jesus gets. Which is heaven and eternity and relationship and perfection. The grace of God, the unconditional love of the Creator. Don't be scared. Don't be nervous. His justice is great. It's this wonderful attribute for those who believe in and follow Jesus. You get what you deserve 100% of the time, and it's the reward of Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Savior of mankind. God's way was to give Jesus my punishment, that's justice, and then I get the life that Jesus earned, which is all the rewards of heaven. You're made right before God. You don't have to do anything except say yes to Jesus. But Scott, I still, I know. I understand. But you're in process. I still, dot, 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 whatever it is. But we're in process. But we still get everything all at once, guaranteed, never going to go away. You cannot lose your salvation. Now, your lordship, every day you choose, you get up and you, I'm going to be like Jesus, I'm going to be like Jesus. Yeah, we make those decisions and, 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 and hopefully we're making more and more all the time of being like Jesus and not being, you know, like once we once were or like the ways of the world. That's the process part, but your salvation is, is intact he, no one can snatch you out of the Father's hand. You get what you deserve, which is heaven and eternity. But you have to choose to follow him. So what's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? He's a 100% merciful God. He's a 100% just God. He gives you what you deserve, which is eternity. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Some of you might be, man, I, I got I to gotta get on the ball and... and and live full of hope and life. Like, I don't have to worry about this life around me. Man, I need to tell my friends who are lost, my family who's lost, my neighbors who are lost, about this merciful and just God who, who removes the things they deserve and, 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 and who makes the perfect decision for their lives. I got to tell them about Jesus. He's so good. Maybe some of you are here and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. And that's the decision you need to make. Because he is just in this way. At the end of the time, we will be judged according to our deeds, if we haven't chosen Jesus, or Jesus' deeds, if we have. Those are the only two judgments. And if we follow Jesus, there's only rewards. It's called the Bema seat. It's the reward seat. It's like going up and getting your prize. Those who follow Jesus go get their prize. Those who choose not to get judged based on their deeds, and that's not a good thing because no one measures up. But Jesus perfectly measured up, and you get what he has. When we invite Jesus into our hearts, his sacrifice becomes your reward. What he did is yours. He took my sin, and I got God's approval. I got God's forgiveness. I got God's righteousness. Because of Jesus, you have been sentenced to heaven, not hell. 
And so our big idea today is this. God is totally just in sending us to heaven because of what he had Jesus do. He's faithful and he's just. He's always going to do what he says he's going to do. And for everyone who chooses Jesus, the punishment has been paid for. The debt has been paid. And so you get that. Because Jesus earned the right to take us to heaven by his punishment. By taking our punishment upon himself. 1 John 1.9 says this. If we confess our sins to him... God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Isn't that interesting? It's not that he's faithful and loving, which he is. It's not that he's faithful and gracious, which he is. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Because he says, Jesus paid, it's done. So my justice says, anybody who chooses my son, I will always forgive you. I will always forgive you. You don't earn anything from me. I just forgive you and I forgive you and I forgive you. I am faithful and I am just. I will follow through on my word. Isn't that amazing that his justice forgives us? Because of Jesus, God justly cancels your debt. His death gives life. Peter was struggling with this. Uh, if you read that passage in the, Old, in the New Testament where he goes up to Jesus and he's like, hey, you got to stop talking this death way. Like Peter gets, him, gets on him. He rebukes Jesus. Uh, good luck, Peter. Uh, and he says, hey, you know, this whole dying thing, we need you here and there's a lot of stuff to do. So you can't be talking about dying. And Jesus puts him in his place and get behind me, Satan. You know, you're talking for him. Peter just didn't get it that Jesus' death was necessary. And he said, I, I understand that you don't get it, but Peter, I have to die so that you can live. I'm the only way, Peter, to, to pay for everyone's sin and fully satisfy the justice and the, the wrath of God towards sin so that he can show his perfect mercy on all mankind. You can't earn it, Peter. If I don't die... You don't live, is what he was telling him. I came to save everyone, not condemn a single person. A mean judge might condemn people for their wickedness. Jesus said, I came to save them, and I'll take the punishment so they don't have to be condemned. I'll become sin so they don't have to deal with it anymore. Dying for you, Peter, makes me full of joy. We will never be judged on this good scale, bad scale thing. It's never going to be where it's like, okay, put them all up there. Let's see which one it happens. Because it'll always be bad. It'll always be bad if we were judged that way. We're judged on Jesus. We're judged on the basis of Jesus as believers. We don't have to worry about doing more good than we do bad. That's called karma and that's weird. Okay. We don't do that. We should do good things out of a natural overflow of our love for Jesus and the reality that his mercy endures forever. But I don't do it to earn anything. God's mercy says, you chose Jesus, so I give you what he gets 100%. It's all yours. I, I just got saved. How can I get the same eternal reward as these amazing people? Because I'm God 
and I just only can do 100%. There's nothing God does is not 100%. It's all and all. I can't get a single thing by doing anything good. I can't earn a percentage of heaven by working harder. I can't use my power or my brains or my abilities to get me anything from God. You can only do one thing that changes anything in life, and that is choose Jesus. For the believer, it's the lordship choosing of Jesus every day. I have Jesus. I'm set in Jesus. I am saved by grace. That cannot change, but Jesus, I'm going to choose to be like you every single day. I'm going to choose to act like you all the time. I'm going to choose to love like you would love in this situation. I'm going to choose to respond with my mouth and with my face and with my actions like you would choose to respond every time. That's what the believer does. We choose to act like and be like Jesus. And for the unbeliever, the only eternal choice you have, the only way you can do anything eternally is choose Jesus. We will all spend eternity somewhere with Jesus in a perfect heaven that he's been working on since the beginning, which I can't ama- imagine how amazing that's going to be, or in a Christless eternity away from him. And so you got to choose that today. I'm going to ask you to, to stand as we, as we pray and we sing, and then we're going to go into baptism shortly after the, the first song. And we're going to celebrate what Jesus is doing in this place and in your life. But my, my request is this. If you don't know Jesus, would you take a deep moment in your soul, in your mind, in your heart, maybe it's It's online too, you're, you're watching or you're listening on the radio. Would you take a moment here and just think about it? He became one of us to save you. His mercy is just waiting to be just flooded upon you. He already took your punishment, so you don't have to do anything. He extends the invitation to you, Romans 10, says that if we confess it with our mouth, we believe it in our heart, that He is who He says He is, we are saved, and that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
at the same time in Romans 3 and Romans 6, we're told that, that we all sin and there's a payment for the sin. But if you accept Jesus, the payment's done and you are saved forever. But you got to make that choice. One thing you can do that changes anything really, and that's choose Jesus. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full-service replays, visit us online at hcfburnit.org. God bless and have a great week.